So we're splitting off here. We get in, get it done. I'm gonna hold a distraction for as long as I can. Carter's gonna cover the ranged artillery. Des is gonna to uh, insert the spike or at least disable the station. Uh, as soon as this is over, we're gonna lose the Concord out in the Cosmio Ridge. With Carta going out east and kind of going around, getting that eye out of the sky is his main, his main goal right now. If there's a way that he can trigger a heat sensor or something like that, that maybe the drone starts to travel further out that way. You, I think you fire off that flare and it doesn't just create like a little pot of heat, right? It catches and spreads. A, a fine, a very, very fine, almost indistinct uh, sort of shimmer takes over the, uh, the cover of the Mercuria and it, it looks like, almost like water. I'm gonna start climbing up the ridge line and get behind and get in position behind the passerine station so I can start to, I can eventually get out and do my thing. And I think is like, I'm imagining, you know, the herd at this point is like coming up towards the edge of town. One of these giant kind of like loping, uh, you know, invertebrates nailing like a sign right on the edge of town that says like, welcome to Farron's Bluff. And I think like this, this whole time, like, you know, as we've been barreling down into town, uh, Rhodes has had like that little transponder radio, just like playing at low volume in the cockpit here. This is like the moment right where the herd's like broken into the square. And I think like the, the red shift is like taking its like first step over, like into the plaza there. Rhodes like, you know, like click on a switch, you know, somewhere inside the cockpit to just like open up right, like a like loudspeaker on the outside of the mech. Let it be known to the off-world imperialists amassed here today. I regret to inform you the god you seek is not here. We're here to remind you that Ember does not belong to the Concordat. Did he write that down? <laughs> I think he did. No, he must have. Uh, and I think you see amidst all the chaos, there is a woman standing on the kind of like raised platform at the top of the stairs. Like she is wearing like a silver breastplate that is etched with something. And she has a long tabard that has like a kind of a similar depiction of the same scene of this like starlight humanoid figure holding the hammer. And then I think she's standing there holding this like big gleaming silver spear and as like the kind of the chaos is erupting around her and everyone else uh, she is just looking up at the red shift and it is an expression not of like fear or like even kind of discouragement but excitement And with that, I think let's cut to someone else. Right before we jump, though, I do want to just add, or not add, but rather I want to tick a couple clocks as kind of like a result of that. I'm going to tick the stampede clock, another segment there, as you know, another bit of time has passed. Also, the ceremony defense force, uh, I am going to also tick down uh, another two segments as the, you know, the people of the towns start rising up against the other guards here and kind of distract them. You know, I don't know, probably one of these turrets gets like hit with something during this, you know, uh, and the other ones are kind of like forced to reposition uh, and the actual on foot guards are forced to reposition or are taken down by the kind of like more vigorous uh, rioters. And so you've made a big dent in like the kind of like ground troops who are defending this place. And so yeah, with that, I think, you know, maybe we can kind of keep this like loose turn order and maybe cut back to to Carta here. I think this is probably, you know, potentially rewinding the clock a little bit, right? But Carta, uh, there is a drone headed your way and there is also like this like armored vehicle kind of that is moving more slowly because it's a ground vehicle, but it is also going to be heading your way shortly. And you know that this drone has to come down 
uh, because it is the thing that could track and trace the drovers on their path northwards and potentially prevent them from kind of getting to the mountain passage, which is the other big part of your deal with them. What's your move here? You know, the mission has started, the drone's moving in towards you. This fire is also <laughs> right, starting right, to right. near you, uh, if we, just so we don't forget. I guess, I think, first move is, how close is the drone to me now? I mean, not that it really matters if I'm going to use a vehicle gear, um, but... You know, it's crossed, you know, like, let's say it's it's past the town. It is now kind of, like, moving east of the town to like near the area that you're in you know it's not directly overhead yet Mm -hmm. but it is moving in your direction and it has gotten over the town and is closer to you yeah i i'm nervous about shooting at too far of a range because i don't want to see whoever you know the people who are coming out in the like humvee to like see a giant you know projectile taking this thing out but i think i also just need to get it out of the sky regardless yeah, it's high enough in the air that you okay. you're gonna have to shoot it still, right? It's not hovering yeah. over the ground. It is like you know flying at like you know like helicopter. In this type. regard, yeah. I, th- I think I want to use Markov some special ammunition here and call it a you know a specialized uh, like flak round for air like anti aircraft kind of shit. Okay, yeah. And I think that you know uh, with the specialized guns and stuff he has as a sniper for long range. You know, there's a, you know, I I don't want to say that there's a bullet belt or bandolier or anything, but there are rounds that, you know, the semaphore has that can be rotated through. And this is a meant to be a like essentially ground to air projectile that is going to take that. Maybe it is it doesn't have like a huge like a, a tail or it doesn't give off a lot of light, but it is just boom contact knock that shit fucking almost like uh like shrapnely kind of yeah i i mean from what i know about like flak it's just like meant to be dealing with aerial enemies so yeah just i mean even if it is shrapnely but just something that it's like maybe it's going to tear through the rotors of the the engines and just cause it to fall you know from that height so let's uh, let's talk about this. So you should mark uh, special ammunition, and I assume you're using your fine heavy cannon here. Yeah. Do I need do I need to mark fine heavy cannon and special ammunition? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be uh, both of those. Yeah. Yeah. Because the ammo is for the heavy cannon. Okay. Uh, so that is that is three of your your five, five. load. Ooh, yeah. Damn. Okay. Well. But the heavy cannon is like this is your sniper rifle, right? This is the thing that we saw that you uh, fired at those shipping containers yeah. uh, during the first mission. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so that's kind of like, I think you said before, can you describe it again? Uh, just, yeah. I mean, I think of it as just kind of like the way that Carta has his sniper rifle. The mech has its gun that it, you know, pulls over its back, loads up and just, it's a big, like the kick of the gun is felt even for the machine, but it's ready to like take that. And it yeah. just looses this terrifying round at the, so yeah, like a, like a truck size, like uh, bolt action rifle. Yeah. Uh, extremely chill. Yeah, chill, 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 chill stuff. I think, like your good friend Desmond, aka Truant, I think we got really bad at those call signs immediately. Uh, <laughs> immediately. Between the vehicle coming in your direction, you know, the naturally risky nature of what you're already doing, and the uh, the, the fire that you started. Right, here, right. Here, yeah. you, uh-huh. I think this is not this has gone from a risky position to a desperate position. Okay, it's another desperate. So, but a- uh, you have a fine heavy cannon that increases your effect, and so I think that brings this from what might have been limited effect because the the Concordat troops here are a higher tier than your squad. Right. 
I think that bumps you up right. to standard. Okay. And then you're using specialized ammunition, which I, gives you further increased effects. So I actually think this is great effect. Sick. And I don't think I'll make a clock for the drone here. I don't think it, it is necessarily deserving of that yet. You know, maybe if there's a failure here, we can talk about that. But um, so I think this is, this is a desperate position. Uh, with great effect right now. This is a vehicle action for sure. Feels like it might be... Bombard? Yeah, yeah. When you bombard, you use vehicular, vehicular weapons designed to attack targets beyond human sight. Beyond human uh, sight, and they give the example of using a railgun to go through a building. I think it's that kind of, like, if it hits and does what I want it to, it this shit is just eviscerated. So yeah, starting out, you got you got two, I think two, I'm gonna two pips in it. Push as well, because uh, this is something I specifically want this out of the sky so it is not tracking me as i get closer to the town i feel like i can deal with a little bit of the humvee a bit better yeah but specifically that so that they can't also treat the drovers as they move through and pass the town hopefully to keep them off the trail as they go to the the ridge so pushing yourself in your vehicle of course requires uh expending a quirk Mm -hmm. instead of using your stress um so which quirk do you want to expend here and like how does the camera see and none of my quirks have re no, you did not refresh infrared sensors because you used that in the first mission. You were really shy on material last time, I believe. Then can we call it f- maybe expend the quirk of, of physical camouflage just because even though the fire is coming, I am in a good hidden position where I am like, I feel confident that like, it's not going to see me if I can get this shot off. I'm fucking rocking and rolling. Yeah, yeah. And the drone's not taking any kind of evasive maneuver because it doesn't see you there yet, right? It doesn't expect you. Yeah, I think I think physical camouflage makes sense here. So cool. that puts you up to three dice. Yeah, I don't, again, sadly, I don't think any, I don't think Relic or Truin are going to be able to give me much hand here, so. Is the commotion in the town enough to, like, give Carta an opening? I don't know if that's, like, retroactive or. I think, I think probably not in this instance. Okay. Drone is kind of responding, and I think the timing doesn't necessarily line up on that. It might just be three. Um, I mean, I mean, three is a g- pretty good roll. Yeah, I think I think that that's kind of just where I'm gonna have to go. So, yeah, I could offer you a collateral die. What do you guys? What do you boys think? Collateral diet? What's it sound like? Uh, I think the collateral die is probably in this instance. I think it's just that I'm going to you know, click that town alert alert clock further. And that would be um, five right? out like, of six? It'd be f- four out of six. Okay. Um, uh, the, you know, the, that's like a, just the fire's growing, you know, the sound of the gun going off is going to attract attention no matter what. Um, that clock's probably going to fill soon anyways, though, because... Yeah, I would take it. Okay, yeah, let's do collateral die. I want this shit. <laughs> All right. Slash roll four. And we're rolling. Uh, four. That's uh, a desperate, right? Yeah, that's yeah. desperate, we said. Uh, take an experience point uh, in your... Uh, what's the action you're using here? Uh, your acuity. This is a desperate action. You get an experience point for doing that. <sighs> a desperate consequence. Damn, the kid really f- botching some shit. So on a four to five, the pilot does it, but there's a desperate consequence. The desperate consequence, Carta all of a sudden has a really bad stomach ache. <laughs> he feels so icky. Now, I think uh, this is going to be two kind of interrelated things. But let's first let's talk about it. Um, you blast that drone out of the sky. Yeah, it's 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 at least fucking ash raining down. That's a, that's a lot. Right, it's a specialized round. You're hidden. You've got time to line up the shot. You know, I think it's like 
sight it, you know, it's like shooting uh, like clay pigeons, yeah. right? Uh, and we see, you know, we don't see the bullet trail because, like you said, this is this almost like not quite silent, but like there's not this like flash. Yeah, it's just this, like shrapnel flying through the air. Yeah, and then suddenly this thing is smoking and spinning out of control, um, and comes like crashing down into the the dust. And you know, the collateral die actually good good job taking it. Didn't really matter much one way or another in the end because I am going to tick the town alert clock by two segments, and that means the. The town's military force, the, the forces that are not in the town square are going to be activated. And the way that I think that's signaled to Carta, the way that you know that that's happened, is that that Humvee that was like driving towards you, this like, or huff, like, you know, like hovering its way mm-hmm. through the brush towards you, you see it on another one of these little foothills. Like kind of, it's got like a direct line of sight to you. Yeah. And so this, this flare goes up. I'm taking that clock by two segments. It fires a flare into the sky, this bright green like alert flare that shoots up and says like some kind of signal to the military. Presumably there's also like something happening on the radio, some kind of comms thing, but like that this flare shoots up and it alerts the garrison that like assistance is needed out this direction. And then I think you can see who shot the flare. There's a guy who's kind of come up out of the vehicle. Who's kind of in the gunner spot. He's holding like this flare pistol in the air. Um, And then he throws it to the ground grips the you know like the handles of this this turret on this little armored vehicle uh and opens fire on the semaphore and i think that the semaphore is going to take the uh, level one damage which is like we haven't done damage yet this tracks separately from your 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 vehicle tracks harm separately from your your uh, your pilot uh the level one damage uh because i think this guy opens up Ooh, you know what i think actually happens this gun starts firing and we haven't seen this yet. Um, it's not firing physical rounds. Bursting from the tips of like the double-barreled turret mounted on this thing are, I think, these like crackling blue bolts of energy. Uh oh! Terrible, but like very sick. <laughs> yeah, this is like the first energy weapon we've seen, and you know, I think this, you know, this is like a fundamental weapon. So it's, uh, and I think you're gonna take the level one harm. Uh, what is it? How does it do it here? Let's say blistered. The level one damage blistered. It kind of opens fire on the exposed semaphore. And I think it's shots, you know, they like burn away portions of like the outer armor of the the semaphore and kind of like, you know, not doing impact damage. It's truly just like kind of like incinerating away pieces and melting like the armor in places. And yeah, there's like wires kind of sparking off. Yeah. Uh, Unless you want to resist. Um, which is always an option. Which would mean that I take... All right, give me one second. We haven't done resistance rules for vehicles yet, and they are a little different than they are for pilots. Okay, vehicle resistance. No dice are rolled for vehicle-resisting consequences. Instead, you exhaust four quirks minus the appropriate attribute rating to a minimum of one. So your attribute ratings are acuity or and expertise. I think expertise is like physical consequences. Acuity is kind of like hacking or um, technological consequences. Resisting this right now uh, would put your mech into breakdown mode. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, not going to do that. I think that that's maybe too early. I might just have to be blistered and have some of the wires fraying and maybe a little bit of, I guess, in, in, in the how I envision it for Carta in there, like, you know, maybe some of the wires are there and some of the, like, the video array that he has are, are flickering a little bit and... Uh, He's having to do a little bit more management on any kind of uh, uh, magnification and whatnot. Yeah, uh, understandable. So maybe I think we cut here 
you know, this like this this dr- flaming drone wreckage has like crashed down near you. That f- green flare has gone up in the sky. The town's military is going to be mobilizing. Well, you know, what's what what whatever part of it is not already in the town square will be mobilizing shortly. Uh, and yeah, Carter, I think, right? We maybe get like the the semaphore turning in the direction of this uh, vehicle that's just shot at it. Uh, and maybe we cut to. Kind of similarly looking down at Concordat Foes, the Mercuria on the edge of this bluff, this kind of cliff face, having just crested the top. You know, we've, we've gone back in time shortly, uh, you know, kind of getting the timeline synced back up. You know, the, the green flare hasn't gone up in the in the sky yet for you, Des, but it probably will in a second. Yeah, you're there. Like I said, um, I think the Mercuria has like, yeah, you know, as you've kind of come up on top of the bluff right by the exterior of this compound, you know, you've, you've scattered some scree, some debris that has uh, drawn the attention of two foot soldiers, two guards who are now coming out of that security hub. And I think one of them is kind of making his way, weapon lowered, but like, you know, with some purpose coming over to investigate where you're at. Like I said, you've got the broadcast building to your right. You've got generators to your left. There's this kind of fence right now ahead of you in between you and like the compound proper that is like a little bit higher than the Mercuria is tall. Um, so you'd have to get over it in some fashion or through it in some fashion, I guess. But what, what is Dez's play here? Like I said, you're not detected yet. They don't, the optical camo is still in play. They haven't actually like figured out that there's a thing there yet, but I think they're just kind of, they're responding. I don't really think I'm uh, equipped um, or it'd be a very good idea to try and engage them in any kind of way, even in a stealthy or sneaky way. I'm just going to try and make it to the building and try and get in the building and deploy the spike, like just sticking to the toe in the line because, you know, I don't have a lot of time. So like I said, I think, you know, between you and the building, like there is a there's a, a physical fence in the way right now between you and that building. That is like the first obstacle to like getting there. You know, I think you could definitely scale it as a person, but there's obviously the threat of being seen. I think like just like scaling it in the Mercuria would probably yeah, physically affect it in a way that would be visible. Just crush the fence. <laughs> yeah, I was saying I could I could use the laser cutter and cut the fence open. Yeah, laser. I I think I just I'm gonna try and get close enough. And I'm going to try and um scale the fence outside of the armor because doing anything else is or it's a bigger chance of me being seen okay so we we, we know I, I don't know if we've seen this one either but i know that des does have uh, it has like the pilot version of this optical camo are you going to cover your approach that way or are you because like i said there is a guard like moving in your direction right yeah yeah i am gonna i am gonna use that yeah i'm just wondering how you're avoiding being seen by him in this action yeah i'm gonna stash the mercuria right here and I'm going to hop out and I'm going to use my personal camo to get around this guy. Uh, so like I said, there is like this, uh, yeah, this fence that is probably like 15-ish feet tall with like razor wire at the top. Uh, and yeah, you've got a guard moving in on your position. Where's the, are you jumping at the bottom? I'm, I'm, in my head, I'm imagining like a bottom hatch opening up. And the- I think, um, no, this just like the cockpit opens up like right in front of my eyes. Like two two doors slide open and I can just jump out like right there. Okay, so how are you getting over that fence? What does that look like? I'm going to climb it. Oh, God, there's razor wire at the top. Hmm. I guess I'll just figure it out when I get up there. <laughs> yeah, come on, infiltrator. I've, I've dealt with this before. 
what, what, what action do you think you're using here? Prowl. Prowl, yeah, when you prowl, you move with grace and precision. You might climb a mech in the middle of battle. You might sneak past a security camera. Um, yeah, uh, prowl makes sense to me here. I think that this is, like I said, a desperate action. I think stand, standard effect. It would be limited to do it getting unseen, but you have the optical camo that I think keeps you at standard. So starting out, that's prowl. That's two dice on prowl. Do you want to push yourself? Do you want to... No, I mean, I'm... I think I'm already getting a uh, one die from my special ability, Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you want to read that for us again? Daredevil, when you roll a desperate action, you get a plus one D to your roll. If you also take negative one D to any resistance rolls or exhaust an additional quirk for vehicle resistance against any consequences from your action. so Okay, so you are going to take that here? I am going to take that here. So I'm going to be rolling three dice. Five. All right, that's a five. That is a uh, a desperate consequence, to be clear. <laughs> yeah. But it's a success also, so that's a mixed success. Uh, I think what it is, it's the razor wire that's the problem, right? I think that as it does is, you know, give me a little flavor here. You're, you're scrambling up. What's like your, what's your move to get over the razor wire? My move to get over the razor wire is like, I think I just have like um, maybe some some sort of tool in my pocket that I'm like, just snipping just enough that I can squeeze through. Okay. And what does this optical camo look like on Dez also? I guess I, I want to get this full picture before I tell you how you get fucked up. Like, is it a suit that Dez puts on or is it like a, a substance? Uh, you know, what's the, what's the thing? I mean, I hate to draw like the conclusion of like, you know, whatever the visibility cloak from fucking Harry Potter or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But it feel like it's, it's kind of like a piece of handheld tech you're like spreading out. Yeah, I just feel like it's something I like kind of because whatever. I'm sure like I could just say, oh, my clothes. It's it's a it's a. I just wonder, is it like form fitting, you know, or is it like kind of loose? I think it's um, it's not loose. I'd say I'd say it's like maybe maybe kind of baggy. Okay, um, but it is like a covering on you. It's a covering on me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Is that what? What? Is, what wait, is there an option that could be like a jelly that I like rub on my body? Like that seems wild. <laughs> like a spray, a spray or something. Yeah. I was imagining, you know, like uh, if you want to get like real fancy, like like a substance that like spreads out from like a device and covers you or something. You know, oh, that's good. Uh, or it's like it's like some sort of like like nanotechnology. Yeah, some like um, real fancy. Oh man, that's yeah, that's way cooler. <laughs> I mean, what you know, I'm open for whatever. Yeah. Hey, if you want to get Des nude to rub this gel all over. Too, yeah, that's, right. That's cool. Hold on, I gotta put on the invisibility goo. I mean, imagine maybe there's like a device that would spread it if it if it does work that way, right? It wears off, and Desmond is completely nude. Uh, it is a sort of um, I think this sort of like a button that he presses on his person and it spreads out it's sort of like um i imagine it's sort of like a nanotechnology that um multiplies from a source and spreads out over his body and disrupts the you know visual field that you're looking looking at him from so you cannot perceive him uh i think of uh in the matrix when neo touches the mirror and then the mirror goes over his like you know spreads over him um so yeah what the desperate what the desperate consequence looks like here um is again, I think I'm probably going to lean on kind of like splitting it into two smaller consequences. I think you're going to take the level two harm sliced as you come up over the fence. I think you managed to like wriggle past most of this razor wire, but there's like one piece that you just like, you know, you're rushing, you're right. And it's an intense situation because you've got this guy marching on you too. 
And so I think it's like, a, like one piece, you know, and maybe this is like, you know, this is some fancy like monofilament sci-fi space razor wire, but it just cuts this like gouge right across like your quads, like right Ow. down. Ow. Ow. Uh, it cuts deep and it hurts, right? This is why it's level two harm, not level one. Um, you can resist it if you'd like, but this, it's not the only consequence here. So I'd like to give you the other one before you choose what you want okay. to resist. Uh, All right. Give me the other one. Uh, and the other one is that I am going to uh, tick the Passerine Station uh, alarm clock by one segment as, you know, you're wriggling up through the wire, getting to the top of the fence. This cut happens along the side and it creates a distortion in the field, right? I'd say this field is like, it does start to cover it up, but it's like trying to keep up with it. And so it creates like, you know, I think we get this guy, right? He raises his head to the helmet that rifle is not raised now, but it's like he's got his hand. It's brought up slightly. It's in a position where it's like he's ready to freak out in a second. But he's not quite there yet. But yeah, I think, you know, gun half raised. A hand goes to the side of the helmet. And, you know, we get you hear his voice, you know, and it's like, um, command, I've got a a visual disturbance along the fence here on the, the northern perimeter. I need a visual disturbance. Not quite sure what's going on yet. Keeping eyes on it. And so you're not exactly spotted yet but there are more people coming in this direction and you have taken a a level two harm that will give you minus one dice to i think like feats of physicality uh unless you want to resist that you can resist either one of these consequences or both of them it's just stress baby uh it's just not quite down to the wire enough for me yet to resist i'm just gonna roll with it um then i think that that looks like here is uh yeah maybe we you know close it's still a success so i think you know as you are able to like get down from the top of that fence, right? Um, and I'd say this guy is like this guy's not right by the fence yet, right? He's still uh, a little closer to the the building itself, and he's kind of holding position, waiting for backup to come. The door, or the, at least the the closest door to the broadcast facility, is basically like right past and behind this guard who is kind of watching position for where you are at. So, Des, for the moment, you are unseen, and beyond the fence, the Mercuria is similarly unseen. And I think as long as the Mercuria is, like, stationary, there's no immediate danger of it being discovered. Mm-hmm. Unless somebody walks into it. Yeah, yeah. Unless someone's checking around the outside of the fence and walks right in. But yeah, so just, like, to kind of restate it, right? You're now in the interior courtyard of Passerine Station. Yeah, you're in this fenced-in area. To your right, there's, like, this bigger two-story building uh, that you know from like your, your research and your previous data. This is like the, the main facility, the broadcast facility. It contains the control hub um, that you would be looking for to try and insert this, uh, this apparatus-based hacking device. And it also like built into the building is the, the giant broadcast tower that goes up and terminates in this you know, big communications antennae. And off to your left, you know, a little ways, there is another like little complex. Um, you can kind of like feel the humming coming out of this building. This is the, the structure that houses the generators that power the broadcast facility. And then all the way, you know, you know, at the other end of this lot is a little like guards watchtower where you can see that there is like a someone in this white concordat armor, like up in this little watchtower. And then to the left of that, there is like a smaller, you know, concrete bunker kind of structure that is like the the security building you know that is where like the armory for these guards is presumably but yeah so you're there and like straight ahead of you 
um, you know, like say like 40 feet away is this guard, uh, you know, in this, in this like white kind of almost ceramic looking concordat armor, this like monocular, like lilac uh, visor and past him and to your right, I think you can see right there's like a set of like, you know, a set of double doors. There's kind of like some kind of like keypad or like um, act- entry access device like to the right of the door. But like a, a primary entrance into the building is there like on the right hand side, kind of in between you and that entrance is uh, this guard who now has, I think, you know, slowly started to advance, um, has this kind of like bulky square assault rifle type weapon, has not raised it though, right? It's probably like like moving forward, holding it, but like, you know, still kind of like barrel pointed towards the ground. Is not perceiving that there is like necessarily an active threat in the situation. Um, and it's also probably, I imagine, just timing wise, starting to hear a lot of radio chatter start to fire up. Because things in the town are popping off now, and you know, I think the timeline here is a little fuzzy. I don't think uh, maybe we haven't quite seen that green uh, signal flare shoot up into the sky off into the east yet, but pretty soon we are going to. And so, yeah, you're you're you know on the other side of this fence, you know, you're kind of in the open, but you know, I'm sure that there's like you know, there's things around. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm pretty open to talking about like what you might be looking for if there's like a particular kind of structure or whatever. You know, it's probably some like, I imagine like supplies have been brought in here, like shipping crates and stuff. Um, it's not like an empty lot per se. Okay. You know, the Concordat have been been working out of here for a while. Uh, so yeah, what is uh, what is Desmond's move here? How is Desmond trying to presumably I guess, infiltrating the facility is kind of the next step, right? Yeah, I guess we want to put the um, we want to install the spike before we you know blow it up. I, I assume. Yeah, in theory, that's probably the, the ideal order of operations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm gonna try and get into the main building then. Uh, you yeah. said that there is a double doors with keypads. I guess I'm just going to try and crack that and get in there. Yeah, there is that. that so that is there. You will be have, like passing by this guard to get to there. Okay. And like I said, I like I like I said, I think that your optical camo is keeping you like from being seen. But I think like you know like movement uh, and like mm-hmm. that 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 increases the risk of of being detected. So if you're just going to try and like scoot past him and like hold on to hope that the camo is what's keeping you from being detected. I'm not against that, but I think that'll mean that like that guy is right on the table as like you know, getting spotted as a consequence. If you don't deal with him is still on the table mm-hmm. and whatever move you make, I think we haven't said it yet. You're in a desperate position. I don't think that that has changed, right? You know, mm-hmm. you've got this cut on your leg. The optical camo is keeping it hidden now, but like I imagine that that kind of like, Injury also is going to like affect the camo's ability to keep you completely unseen. All right, so I guess my two options if I want to go in through that door would be to either distract the guard or uh, incapacitate him in some way. Yeah, you know, I, like I said, like I said, I think there is like a keypad element here on this door, some kind of like uh, electronic locking mechanism. Okay, I think Des would expect that, and I think like you know from your your past experiences as a thief, right? You can probably clock immediately that that is on the door. Mm-hmm. So I think you know that to get in through that door, you're either going to need to disable the lock somehow or gain access via a security credential, which um, you know, I'm sure you would imagine this guard has on him. Oh, uh, yeah, I could steal the security credential from him or incapacitate him in some way. Um, pickpocket or? Pickpocket. Oh, man, so many options. Can I can I tell where his credentials are on his person? Like, does he have a lanyard? <laughs> uh, he doesn't have a lanyard, right? But I imagine that he has, like, you know, I said, like the Concordat soldiers are wearing this like white ceramic kind of uh, armor that kind of like calls to mind like 
you know, sort of a traditional like plate armor with like black fatigues on underneath. So it's kind of like white and black layered on each other. But I do think that probably this guy has like, you know, like a, maybe it would be like a utility, like sash, you know what I mean? Like kind of like not a bandolier, but like, you know, like a, yeah, like a sash running across the chest and like with like multiple different like individual um, uh, like pouches and containers and maybe somewhere on there, you know, you would see some kind of like, yeah, like credential, like key card device, probably like on like a, like, like a, yeah, like a zipper pull kind of thing that like, uh, would, you know, I'm now thinking about like the Concordat, like day in the life TikTok, you know, <laughs> like yeah. first I head down to the temple, of the illuminated way, daily carry get, video, uh, a green juice. And then after that, I go through some routine training on visual disturbances and anomalies. And then... <laughs> All right, I think that um that would be a lot easier and I'm I'm going to try and make this whole thing as quick as possible and it's about to be absolute mayhem here not too too long from now. So I'm going to try and incapacitate this guard somehow. Sure, and what does that look like to you? Jeez, you know, I I, I guess I don't want to murder him um right off the bat. Off the bat. Uh I don't even <laughs> think I could if if I wanted to. I think maybe um stunning him for, would be a safer option yeah yeah um what what does that look like like what's the you know i'm gonna use a um an unusual weapon okay and that is gonna be ah man i really like keep like like the idea of like i don't know like some sort of localized gas yeah like a sleepy gas maybe like a maybe like a, a sleepy gas grenade or something sleepy time gas Fire off. <laughs> Celestial seasoning, sleepy time grenade. So like, I imagine this grenade, it kind of like rolls towards him and he looks down. He's like, oh, what the heck? And then it just sprays him in the face and he just passes out. Celestial munitions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so let's talk about um, so Markov. Yeah. An unusual weapon. Uh, and, you know, let's say you probably like you have like two or three of these, right? Um, mm hmm. Uh, just like you know, by marking this load off, I'd say you, you've got a couple of these that are, yeah, kind of like a uh, some kind of knockout gas grenade is what we're going with here. Yes. So, what does this look like, and what role do you think it is? Well, it is certainly under prowess. I think uh, finesse because I'm handling an object with agility. I'm throwing it in a in a, a controlled manner. Yeah, I'll take that. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna say it here though, just like so it's on the table. You know, this is happening kind of out in the open. Mm -hmm. uh, unless you want to tell me how you're making this less out in the open. And so, you know, if things go wrong here, that opens up like if he's out in the open, there might be someone else who sees this hat. You know what I mean? That, that's, I think, like kind of like the obvious. Uh, you might turn up the heat faster than you meant to. Well, yeah. So finesse, that makes sense to me. Position wise, like I said before, you're out in the open. You've been injured. Uh, this guy is kind of like walking directly towards where you are at. This sounds to me like desperate. And I get a I get a plus one. Uh, and I'd say probably standard effect here. Okay. So I'm rolling 3d6. You're going to use your, your daredevil ability here? Yes, I am. So that will give you minus one dice if you try to resist any consequences from this. Okay. Yeah, so 3d6, you're always welcome to push yourself. You know, could give you a collateral here. Um, and then also, unfortunately, the way things are at, I, it's really hard for me to imagine how someone could assist you on this. Yeah. I'm just going to go in 3d6. Sure. All right. So rolling 3d6. Four. Four. Damn, dude. That, that's a miserable. Uh, I mean, I right like, that's pretty bad. 
<laughs> one, three, four. I don't know. One, three, four. But hey, but you got the four. That's the important part. Yeah. Um, yeah, true. True. <laughs> which, is, which is a mixed success. Um, so, like, talk me through, uh, yeah, like, what this looks like a little bit on Dez's end, and then I will tell you how it goes wrong. I don't know. I feel like maybe I am standing around the corner. I don't want to be too close, but I want to be close enough. So maybe I'm standing around the corner, and I kind of, like, just kind of toss it around the corner and then go back around the corner so I'm not too, too close to the gas. I don't knock myself out. Just like a and roll. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is a success uh, on a four or five. The pilot does it, but there's a desperate consequence. Uh, desperate consequences are rude, but you get an XP. Oh yeah, you do. Sorry. Yeah. You take it to take an XP in, in prowess. So you roll the grenade over uh, in in this guard's direction, and I think that this guard picks it up. Right, it rolls over, and it, like it, you know, the gas is supposed to like go off like right as it gets to his feet. Right, that's kind of like the implementation. But I think like it rolls over to this guard, and then just kind of hits his foot, and then nothing emits from it. It's a dud. It's yeah. This this grenade is a dud um, at first. Uh, I think the guard picks it up, and like this kind of like stumped. You know, we we can't we don't see the guard's expression because he's got this like helmet on. But he picks it up and he brings it to his face to start to look at it, <laughs> and that's when it goes off. <laughs> right, like like brings it up, and then there's like this puff of like what color is the smoke that comes out of this thing? Is there a color? It's just it's just a white mm-hmm. smoke. So there's like plume of white smoke. And then I think, you know, the guard throws this thing away from him. Right. And he's not gotten like the full, full dose of it. Uh, Like the, the activator mechanism has not like properly released. And I, I think we, you see this guard throw it away. And then like, as soon as he starts to throw it away, immediately starts to kind of like have this like drunken stumble is like clearly been hit by it, but has not taken the full dose. And so is not down yet. One of the consequences here is, is we're, I'm reducing your effect, right? This has gone from a you know, standard effect. You would have knocked him out to limited effect. You have weakened this guard, but you have not actually like taken him out yet. And the other thing that happens here is that the, the guard, like, you know, kind of, again, I think like kind of swaying brings this rifle up and starts swinging it around and uh, is like, a, like, you know, with one hand, like, like one arm holding the rifle up against his shoulder, kind of like aiming wildly. And with the other hand starts to go, uh, you know, press his hand towards the, the side of the helmet again. Um, he's about to to radio for for assistance. What that assistance is going to be, I think, is going to tick over the clock on the passerine station alarm to four out of four. It's going to go hot. I will say now you can try and resist that if you want here. But I think that's like the, I'm going to put it on the table. If you don't do anything to resist it, um, I think that this becomes a yeah four out of four. The situation becomes hot at Passerine Station. Um, so do you want to resist? Or are you going to let this kind of like escalate? Well, what does resistance look like? So resistance here, right? Um, we can talk about what, like, what it would look like exactly in the fiction. But mechanically to resist, you would be taking six stress minus the highest roll, uh, rolling whatever attribute makes like the sense for this resistance. This could be resisting by like moving in close and like knocking his hand away from like the comms thing on his helmet, which I think would be like a prowess resist. 
I feel, I feel like it's probably something physical to resist it, right? That, I feel like that mm-hmm. makes more sense than resolve or insight to me in terms of like what the, the attributes are. It could be, you know, throwing something uh, to like distract him from like the call he's about, doing something to distract him from the call he's about to make, dropping your camo for a second to like just shock him, you know, but whatever it is, I think it's probably a prowess thing. It's about reacting quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you would take six stress minus a prowess roll which would normally be 3d6 for you, but because of your daredevil ability would be minus 2d6. Damn, that's that's really risky. Yeah, it would potentially give you some serious stress. Potentially take me out of the mission. Uh, it would take you out of like the, uh, for like a, a, a scene for sure. You would take enough stress to get, you'd fill your stress track, which is not a thing that we've seen happen in the game. And when that happens, you gain a scar, which is kind of like a lasting consequence of like how your character has been affected by this event. Uh, and yeah, you are out of the scene Kind of, you'd have to kind of like negotiate through the fiction what that would look like. Uh, and no, there's also another mechanic we haven't really talked about in Beam Saber, but which we would probably want to talk about here, um, which is that uh, in Beam Saber, unlike other Forge in the Dark games, when you completely spend all of your stress uh, or break your vehicle down, uh, you can continue taking actions, but they become dire actions. Uh, and basically you are kind of like on your last legs, uh, and if you don't roll a six on a roll while you're doing dire actions, then you still get knocked out. Uh, and you risk taking harm if you proceed with these dire actions. But there, that is a way to can kind of continue on even after you have like hit this, like uh, what would normally be the stopping point. But it's up to you. Like I said, I think if you if you don't resist this consequence, then yeah, like the situation is going to get hot. Um, the security is going to get amped up at Passerine Station. And yeah, we'll see what that means fiction wise. Up to you. Well, I mean, I'm f- pretty fucked either way. So um, <laughs> pretty well fucked, lads. Uh, I'm just going to resist it. Yeah. Because, Go you know, for it. be aggressive. Yeah. Be, be aggressive. 2d6. 2d6. All right, let's fucking go. Rock and roll. Four and a three. Hey, that's actually pretty hey, good. Nice. Okay. In this in, in this scenario, a four is actually really good. Um, yeah. Uh, so you, you only take two stress. Ooh, okay. So basically like you pushed yourself. Um, so why don't you narrate for, narrate for me, how do you resist this consequence? You know, is this, this, I don't know if this is the first resistance we've done on screen. It might be. Mm-hmm. So it's worth saying like in Beam Saber and Forge in the Dark games, resistance is kind of a way of like the, the character and the player saying like, no, I'm a talented enough pilot. I actually avoid this consequence. You know, you kind of get to like soft rewrite the fiction a little bit. So how do you resist this consequence? What's the thing that you do with your prowess that stops this guy from getting his hand up to the helmet and announcing that he's been attacked? I, I mean, in my mind, I'm just like, but the only thing I can really think of is like, oh, I just go up and I kind of like do it, like sweep the legs. Right. Yeah. Subdue. And like try and subdue him somehow. But it's not really my forte. Do you have anything cool like gear wise? Yeah, maybe I could use a piece of gear. Wait, what was your unusual weapon you used before? Was that the like uh, the, fle- the the handheld grapnel anchor? Maybe there's something cool there. Mm. Shoot the ankle, rip it back. I mean, you're not going to have to roll on this again, right? So it's just a visual of how you're doing it. It's just how I. So I guess, uh, yeah, I guess it, I don't have to roll on this again. All right, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna run over and just like, kick him in the back of the knee, and like subdue him, and like just try and like. Man, he's wearing a helmet, though. I don't know if I could like when it narr- narratively, if it makes sense for me to like try and like n- hit him in the fucking head. I was just gonna say. I just want to be clear. Resisting here, it would be resisting the consequence of him calling for help. 
But in terms of like taking him out, he's still an obstacle on the table because you have a reduced effect. That grenade didn't end him as an obstacle. So he's like punch drunk now, right? He's like half out on this this knockout gas, but he's still up. And so I think like the resistance, if your resistance is running over there and like slapping that hand away from getting up to the the helmet mic, that's I like very much in line. But like the next step of like subduing him, unfortunately, yeah. I think that's got to be a role. I think that's got to be okay. like Des. All right. Well, yeah, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to, okay, here, here's what I do. Yeah. can resume now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to run up and I'm going to jump and slap his hand away from the uh, receiver. Assassin's Creed slap move. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. that's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get in there. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, like I said, I guess he, he throws that grenade away from him and he's like swaying back and forth and kind of like sweeping the area in front of him with the assault rifle, but he hasn't opened fire so he can't see anyone. Uh, yeah, you get right up there, like, you know, probably dodge around the barrel of that sweep. And then, yeah, as this second hand goes up to, to go, you knock it out of the way. And then you're there right in front of him. You know, what do you do next? So what, is there any sort of exposure in his armor anywhere? Yeah. Um, like I said, like, it's like, you know, these like ceramic plates, um, but just like real plate armor, right? Like, you know, there are the, the spots underneath, you know, like in the, the armpits under the arms, you know, like at the places in the waist where it bends, the hips, thighs, all these Mm -hmm. different spots where, uh, it's not this like ceramic armor. It is just like, you know, black, uh, like cloth, right? Like, you know, fatigues underneath, right? Yeah. But his face, his face and head are covered. His face and head are covered. Yes, um, he's wearing, okay. you know, like I said, this helmet, kind of like a salet style. It kind of slopes at the back with this like a uh, monocular like sliver of like lavender light serving as like a visor. Yeah, but you know, we're, we're, this is this is like action movie rules, right? Like stormtroopers get knocked out by getting bonked on the head all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's true. The armor is very weak to bonking. I don't have any. I don't have any uh, bon- thing like bonk. I think I have to stab him in his throat. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> We're going for the R rating. I really, I try, you know, hey, I tried to do this in a non-lethal way and it, that did not work out. And uh, we don't don't have a lot of time, unfortunately. So uh, he, is, he is going to be a casualty of this conflict. Um, yeah, brutal. Okay, sure. So I will say, I think that this situation has maybe moved up from risky to, or from desperate to risky because you have like half knocked this guy out with this gas. But I guess it's kind of dealer's choice here. I know you get a bonus dice-wise on on desperate rolls, but like the consequences will be gnarlier. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would also just say, you know, if you're thinking about other things you have on your sheet, you do have a, a firearm silencer if you if you want to go that route. I could shoot him. Um... But also, if you just want to stab the guy, I'm not against it. You know, it's brutal. Also, this guy's like a you know a fascist crusader cop, right? Yeah. I don't I don't feel too bad about it at the end of the day. No, I mean, I, I think also if, if I want to be more um, choosy about what gear I'm, I'm declaring, uh, I think a pistol might be coming more handy later than like a knife. So, yeah, I'll do a pistol. What What's the pistol I said I had earlier? Hold on. I'm trying to remember. It was like a little one, right? Like a little snub pistol. But it, no, it's not a snub nose. It, it looks like a just like a more regular modern semi-automatic gun. It's, it's a little guy. It's a P a P two ninety. It's kind of looks like that. It's not totally like that, but it kind of looks like that. Yeah, that. But it's got like a little glowing bit or something, right? Um, exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah, are you, you going to use this, the silencer as well? I'm. And, you know, yes, I am. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, that, that costs no weight. It is a exactly a, a zero weight item in your pilot gear for the the infiltrator class. Um, uh, so is that just like moving up in, into a space and then yeah, just like yeah, just blowing his blowing his head off basically. Damn. Uh, I think this is like uh, risky still because um, you know, he's waving this assault rifle on, right? Um, I think you need to know you need to get the shot that's going to like take him out in one go or else this again risks you know him like firing his gun off him somehow setting the alarm off what's the what is the move here it's a struggle i assume i could see struggle i mean so uh when you prowl you move with grace and precision etc it also says you might stab an unsuspecting foe Ooh, okay prowl is kind of often used as like the like the ambush um the kind of option I could hear an argument for Prowl instead if this is about just kind of like being as quiet as possible as you move up and line up the shot to like just take him out before he... Yeah, I think that um, he doesn't see me coming. He's dazed. Yeah. I, I, you know, this isn't a, a totally fair fight, you know? No, no, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that Prowl... Yeah. I didn't know that they, I could do that. Okay. Uh, he, is, he is certainly unsuspecting. Yeah, yeah. So this is Prowl, Risky, I think standard effect again here. Um, do you want to push yourself? Do you want to take any collateral die, anything like that? Mm, I'm just going to go for it. Okay. That is two, 2d6. Six, baby! Finally. Um, yeah, you want to give us like a, a, a clean moment of narration here? Like, how does this play out? Okay, um, I'm running over, and I'm like, shit, 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 shit. I go slap hand off the face with, with my left hand. I jump up, slap with my left hand, and then with my right, I come under, place the, the, um, the, the tip of the gun with the silencer sort of in between the, um, you know, uh, place where, you know, under, right underneath his helmet, kind of angled up, and I pull the trigger, one shot. Nice and clean in the helmet. Yeah, nice and clean in the helmet. Bullet does not fly out of the back. You see a, a, a crack form in the back of the ceramic yeah. right, running down it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and he's down. Uh, and I think, you know, from there, uh, you know, he's got like, you know, ammunition, random bits and bobs in those in those pockets. Um, but there is like yeah. a, yeah, like, you know, like a kind of like bulky, you know, I said key card before, but like, let's, 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 let's gussy it up a bit. I think it's actually like a heavy metal sigil right it's this heavy metal like it's like brass and it is the um it's the seven spoked wheel and like on the the back side of it right it's like uh you know like i think that on the back side has like his personal information like engraved into like the the back side or whatever and this thing contains the transmitter that will activate the the key lock on the the doors nearby you yeah and so i grab that and i'm kind of muttering in her breath like you stupid asshole you could have just laid down and taken a fucking nap you know mm-hmm. and i grab the thing and i run over to the door and i put it on and i assume the doors just pop right open for yeah, me yeah you know there's like a like a, a click a beep and then these double doors like slide aside um, and I think, you know, we just get the shot of you like looking down kind of like a mundane, almost like, you know, office building hallway, right? Like this is hallway headed down. And I think, you know, maybe we cut uh, here for, from Desmond, like on the threshold um, and jump into Carta, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Why not? Carta, because you just, you were just uh, like under direct attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you still are rather, right? Like there is, you know, 
um, you know, like the, this this flurry of like, you know, like plasmic, uh, you know, blue energy bolts coming from this like little armored vehicle uh, has like kicked up dust around, you, you know, it, it, it hit you last time mm-hmm. you've, you've taken the the your mech has taken the damage blistered. Um, and so this this armored vehicle, I think, you know, did a round of shots. The kind of dust is clearing. It is, you know, not right next to you, Carta. It is like a little ways away, like, kind of like on another like slight ridge. I think this like um, this kind of wedge shaped armored vehicle is called a a Mercado vehicle or just a Mercado AV like armored vehicle. And this is like kind of a standard Concordat like armored vehicle you see in like its regular military operations. So I think this thing is you know they've opened fire, they've laid you know kind of this like wave of fire, and I think they're kind of like there's a, a, a you know a beat here as the dust is clearing. Right. They're waiting to see if that first like you know volley was enough to. And uh, take you out. I don't know if like if it quite works like this, but like it's kind of that moment where they're like, <sighs> "Did we like? Is it down? Is it not working?" And just yeah. like that, like they're like, "Okay, we think we did it." And then just like guns come up and just like, bah, 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 like gat, like Gatling. <laughs> okay, wait, I'm thinking about this. Do I want to? Because my thought is, if the flare goes up, right? If yeah. there's a way that the flare goes up, I can shoot out their comms and take over and go like. Uh, yep, we made a mistake. Looks like some of the damn drovers left a fire burning out here. We're going to return back to base. I think that moment is passed. Yes. All right, that's already passed. That, that, that clock ticked. That flare is up in the sky. Okay. Well, then, yeah, someone no, in that... we're Gatling in them. You're just going to fucking... So you're opening fire back on them? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think, and this is just going to be, yeah, battle. Um, so what are you using to do this with? Um, what is this, this is, I'm going to say that this is a, I guess like a... Yeah, a machine gun, heavy gun effect against vehicles, devastating against infantry at a relatively short distance. So just... So what does that look like, though? Like, what is, uh, you know, what do we, what do we see action-wise here? Like, what is this mech? Um, right. Uh, is, so, is it pulling out, or is this something, like, built into, like, so, the chassis? So, you know, we and... already have... Uh, the 7.4, obviously, is, like, with its slight humanoid, like, has the actual sniper rifle that it carries. I think this is, like, the, maybe the rifle's still on its back, and it's just classic, like, fucking... Two arms go up and like right above where the wrist would be, just like, bah, 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 like kind of laying down. Yeah, just machine guns. Like, yeah, you were right. This does sound like battle to me. Mm-hmm. Right? When you battle, you engage in vehicular close quarters combat. Uh, I'd say this is, is risky with probably, uh, I'd say, standard effect. You know, this this vehicle is kind of like a slightly lower tier than your vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not fighting against another armor. This is like an armored vehicle that is like not necessarily. Yeah, it's probably more effective against infantry than it is against you know uh, mechs like this. Okay. Um, um, so yeah, I'd say risky standard is what I think this is starting out as. Um, and you have you have one dice, yeah. you have one dot rather in in battle. Would you like to push yourself by expending a quirk here? You know, I could offer you a collateral die. Huh, yeah, yeah. I guess you know what I guess who take a collateral die because I don't want to burn through a retrofitted armor if I still feel like I'm going to have to come up against other people. At this moment, yeah. uh, so I think the collateral die here, if you if you take it, is going to be that you know there are troops mobilizing at the garrison nearby, mm-hmm. um, and if I think if you take this collateral die, it's going to be uh, that the the troops mobilizing, like the ones, one of them is going to have time to get in position headed your way. Like basically, they will you'll lose out on the chance to kind of stop them as they are leaving the garrison. Fuck. Okay. So anything that anything that's headed out from the garrison will get the chance to leave the garrison before you have a chance to like fully interrupt it. Okay. 
well, then I, I think I, I would rather have them stay there and try to deal with the things here in front of me. Um, in that regard, could, and since this is a vehicle action, I can't, it's not a stress thing, right? So it's just the no, quirk. This is, you can only push yourself with quirks when you're doing a vehicle action, yeah. Fuck. Okay, then I guess I'm going to do that. I'm going to custom retrofit armor. Let's, I, I guess in the way that I would use that is that because it's a surveying original, like this wasn't mounted with guns. He found a way to, in its get in some extra firepower under there that, uh, yeah. you know, maybe also belies the fact that they are there. Not that it necessarily gives me any advantage, but people aren't expecting it. So when it arms just go up. Yeah. So you're saying like they're integrated, right? Right. Integrated in a way that that kind of machine usually does not have. Um, and you were holding that rifle to shoot that thing down. So maybe it's like they don't even see you reach for another gun before right. you're already firing. Yeah, that's that's a cool. Yeah. Um, uh, so you can take an extra dice from that. Okay. Um, so it gives you 2d6. Risky standard. Yeah, I think that's really all that can be done. Right, so let's see. Four to five. Okay. I think you just blast this machine, mm-hmm. right? Um, it is like a smoking wreck on the hill almost instantly, right? Like, you know, it's in the same way we saw that volley of fire and them that kicked up all this dust. I think, you know, Carter opens up with these machine guns. There's this huge cloud of dust that gets kicked up by the, the guns just like firing into this hillside with the, the armored vehicle there, the Mercado. And then, you know, that dust gets darker after a moment and you realize it's smoke coming out. And, you know, once it starts to clear, it's just like a, a flaming wreckage on the hillside where this this vehicle was. Um, and so you've, you've taken that out. It is no longer an immediate threat to you. And, you know, as, the, as a consequence here, I think probably what happens is that I'm going to introduce some clocks, uh, some new clocks to the, the ongoing bevy that we've already been working with. So we haven't talked exactly about what your line of sight is to the the garrison, but I think we right. did say that you kind of have like a line of sight towards the town, yeah, uh, and towards the, the the garrison, which is on the edge of that town, yeah. Which yeah, line of sight just with thoughts that if needed, yeah, I can bombard some people at a distance as coverage or distraction, however that might be needed. Yeah, and so. I think what you see, right, from where your position is, you know, uh, I think the garrison has like these big stone walls around it. Like I said, it used to be like a manor, right? And I, so I think there's also, you know, some like, probably some like tree coverage that kind of blocks out your direct line of sight to like the actual garrison buildings. And, you know, I, I don't know if these trees are all natural. Maybe some are like artificial, right? Like right. They're to provide this coverage. I would also think maybe it's just a sign of like, a lot of excess water at one point went to you know, maintaining this like uh, this vegetation at this manner in an otherwise pretty yeah, dry place. Yeah, the cockiness place. of trying to build an oasis your own in the desert, kind of concorded style. But I think you can kind of see like these uh, these shapes starting to move at the edge of the garrison, right? And you know, like let's say you know after a moment you kind of catch sight, there are are three armors that have started to leave the garrison. They're heading out through the front gates of it, and you can kind of catch sight of them as they're starting to move. I think without a roll, you know, just at a distance, you could just get like a like a, a brief hint here. Okay. But aesthetically, uh, you know, the first thing you see is like very much in line with what we've seen of the Concordat already. These are these kind of white machines made out of this like ceramic armor that is kind of like the, the trademark of the, the Concordat's like weaponry. All three machines kind of humanoid, and I think two of them, you know, like from a distance, you can see they are holding, um, they have big circular shields uh, on their backs. And a, a third of them that's kind of trailing behind the other two, 
uh, is holding like, again, like from the distance, I think you can see quite well, but it's holding a very large weapon, like a long uh, barreled like weapon of some kind. And these, these three mechs are heading out the front garrison gate. And I think as like, you know, card is like getting a line of sight on them. They disappear from your vision. But the reason they disappear from your vision is they're obscured by smoke. Okay. The fire that you started earlier has grown and it's joined with the fire spreading now from that tank you've destroyed. And so there's like this like inky black cloud of smoke that has started to erupt around Carta as these flames are growing. You're like not, I think, an immediate threat from the flames, but I think also you know that you can't hold this position for long. And so, you know, with that smoke interferes with your vision, and then it clears again. And I think you get like a line of sight one more time, and you can see that two of those mechs that you saw before, these armors, uh, these Concordat armors, have moved a little further westward out from the garrison. They're starting to move into the edge of town. They're headed towards town. Okay. Uh, the third, however, has disappeared from your sight. Oh, the one with the shield who's just coming out? I <laughs> know, uh, the, the, the ones with shields are still moving westwards towards the town square. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's the one with the um, uh, imposing and kind of large weapon that's yeah. disappeared. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I did get that. I was being hopeful. And, and where where's the uh, the Lepidoptera drone right now? Done. Uh, it crashed into the ground. Carta, oh, it's downed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The drone is down. That was a, that that was a success. And the consequence from that 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 the the tank showed up and started blasting Carta. But the drone is down. So there is no. They don't have any kind of like aerial sight on what's going on with all of y'all. Um, well, I at least, you know, on the, the comms, two armors incoming. Looks like they're carrying some pretty heavy shields. I'll do what I can. There was a third that I can't find right now. So that might be a bit of a distraction, but I'll lay down any, uh, you know, cover fire I can. I'm, I'm getting smoked out of here. I got to find a better spot. And so, yeah, like, uh, what is what is Carta's move next? There? I think that if Carta's thinking that if he can is get away from this smoke uh, and kind of head uh, from where he's in those hills, try to get move a little bit north and slightly west himself to like get kind of court towards the like the ridge line, so that he can either try to get an a slight above view of whatever might be coming towards him, or if you know, depending on what he sees coming his way, duck in the, like, a little bit behind it. Um, yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think that sounds kind of like a maneuver role mm-hmm. to me. Uh, I guess I could also say, like, I mean, you tell me what you think this is, I guess. Um, um, is, the, yeah. is this about, like, maneuvering? Is it about, like, using your scanners to, like, find the, the right spot? I, I, or is it about, like, moving to get into position safely? Um, I, th- I think it is. I think it is maneuver. It's... Just, yeah, trying to move, you know, still kind of stealthily so that he's not making giant moves using any kind of brush cover that he can with, you know, his physical camo still there and still trying to keep an eye on the horizon and not turning his back towards uh, any possible enemy. Okay, I think that I will say having taken away the immediate threat of that tank... I think this might be controlled standard for the moment. I think, you know, you've, you've eliminated the immediate threat to you. Not to say that there's no threat, right. but you're kind of like moving, you know, you're not the one who's in the town square under the direct line of fire at the moment. Right. So I'd, I'd say, yeah, controlled standard sounds right to me. Yeah, I guess that I'm probably just going to roll one. I don't need to, I'm not spending a quirk or anything right now. So I think it's just going to be. Yeah. And so this is about getting like a, a good position, right. like that gives you like options and opportunity. Let's see. All right. Rolling one. 
Oh, that's a two. That is a failure. Well, that's a that's a failure, right? That is the young gun. <laughs> we got the drone down. <clears throat> yeah, at least that's a success for sure. I did. I did one thing. I did it. So, I think that you make your way towards the, these hills, kind of north and west of you, right? Like this, this slightly like higher ground. Mm-hmm. The semaphore is kind of scrabbling up. I think the side of a slope, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. To a position that would give it a a better, yeah, just like a better vantage point on the town and like what's going on around. Mm-hmm. And as it's scrabbling up the hill. I think the hill in front of it erupts, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Um, there's this bright flash of blue light, and then the hill in front of the semaphore erupts as a a directed energy weapon uh, is fired and strikes the hill right in front of the semaphore. And yeah, just like like I said, vaporizes like kind of the top of this hill that you were starting to clamber onto. And so I think that this position has gone... Back, we're, we're gone from controlled. That m- yep. moment of control is gone. This is dropped back down to risky. And I am introducing a new threat here, which is, I think, you know, uh, as the semaphore kind of scrambles out of the way out of this, I think that there's like a, a faint wisp of smoke far off in the distance. Uh, or I know it's like vapor, right? This kind of blue vapor rising in the air. On a far off hill to like the southeast of where you are at, um, you can see lying on the ground is one of these Concordat armors. Um, this is a a Caesura unit. Uh, they are like the the main kind of foot troop of the the Concordat's like uh, mechanized infantry. And like I said, it before it is this like humanoid mech, a humanoid in a way almost that is like. I think every other mech we've seen on screen so far has had this kind of like layer of mechanical abstraction, right? They. They move like machines move. Yeah. And this 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 Caesura is holding with this giant weapon that I think you realize now is like a, a rifle, right? It is, a, you know, this long rifle that has, uh, I think the barrel isn't a barrel. I think it is like three rods projecting forward out of like kind of the heft of the gun. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's like still like these arcs of like this kind of blue energy, like electricity running up and down the kind of like triad of these three, uh, like kind of like extensions that form the barrel. That's cool. Yeah. It's uh, it has this kind of, yeah, kind of like directed energy kind of rail gun, right? This is a Caesura, like that has been equipped with like a sniper uh, outfit. And it's fired this shot at you. Um, and then I think you see it gracefully push itself up off the ground and stand, but it stands like a person would stand, right? Just this like fluidity of motion. Cocky asshole. And, you know, right? Like it, it has the same kind of like monocular, like a uh, lilac slit um, for like a, a, a visual kind of um input mm-hmm. on like, like very much a human head or humanoid yeah. head. Uh, I think it has like a flat face plate. It doesn't have like a face, but it is like I said, like just a like fully like a human uh, designed mech. It recalls like a, the human form. And then it just starts moving, like sprinting down off the side of that hill and down into the brush, kind of out of sight again, right? It's 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 repositioning out and it's dropped behind the hill where you just saw it. Right. And I'm going to create a a four segment clock here, uh, which is the um, Caesura sniper. Um, this is a sort of trained sniper that is now chasing after or is like working against Carta, and uh, this this clock represents. It's uh, sort, of, sort of general uh, health and ability to continue fighting against you. 
Okay. Um, and I think, you know, we will like, we'll probably at, with that switch back over to, to, ro- uh, to roads, right. Um, and we'll, we'll come back to the sniper battle in just a moment. Very Gundam. Love a sniper to sniper duel. Yeah. You gotta have it right. I love it, but I'm scared. And there are two more of those headed, you know, west into the town, Cardassaw, but they are out of sight, out of mind for the moment. Oh, okay. So the round shield unit is the same as the Cesura. Yeah, the Caesura is yeah, like well, the okay. um, you know not not to say that we're riffing on anything, but the Caesura is like the the Zaku of the Concordat. Okay. It is like the the basic foot soldier model of armor that the Concordat deploys. And so you see you'll see Caesuras with like a lot of different configuration. Yeah, yeah, configurations, different weapons and outfittings, and because they are this like human design, right? They can grasp a, like a wide variety of different mm-hmm. arms and armor. Mm-hmm. But the Caesura is yeah like the, the standard. Uh, like mechanized infantry for, or mechanized cavalry, I guess. Yeah, mechanized cavalry for uh, the Concordat. Uh, so yeah, let's cut back to to Rhodes here, and we'll, we'll resume the sniper battle and this um, facility infiltration in a second. And I think the timelines are basically caught up right now. I think like you know, off in the distance, Rhodes, you've seen, you know, maybe we see like you seeing for a moment the green flare shooting up in the sky, right? And this is like the moment of like okay, like the, the things are in motion. It's kind of on you now to keep the distraction up long enough for Des to finish his job. Yep. And I think as if to remind you of that, right? You said, like we said last time, you know, the stampede is happening. It's flowing through the town square. This riot has kind of started. Some of the crowd are trying to run away. Some are like tearing down Concordat banners. You know, some of them are throwing rocks at the Concordat guards that have like amassed on the temple stairs. Uh, and then I think like blistering by roads are a few of these like um, much smaller in scale than what was like firing earlier at uh, Carta. But these blue bolts of energy kind of cut through the air streaking by you. There's still a few of these, uh, you know, these like quad legged turrets that we described earlier. Um, there's still a few of these on the the rooftops to the north on the other side of the square. And I think one of them has like, you know, sights on the the red shift mm-hmm. and has decided to be a hero. And is like, you know, they've started kind of opening fire in your direction. And, you know, I think that like, that moment of like held breath after the end of that speech has kind of ended now, right? And right. the chaos is continuing. So Rhodes is there. Um, yeah, these turrets have just started kind of opening fire in your direction. What are you doing? What is up with the the woman with the spear? <laughs> so yeah like we described last time there is a woman standing on the kind of like the uh platform that has been built at the front of the stairs that lead up to this uh this grand temple of the uh the myriad way the illuminated temple um and she is wearing you know unlike the rest of the concordat here she is wearing silver armor like and it's not even like this kind of like you know, I think when I say, you know, like knight's armor with the, like the Concordat troops, I imagine it's, you know, this kind of techie, you know, very Destiny-esque interpretation of fantasy armor through a sci-fi lens. But she is wearing like a, like, like a breastplate, like a straight up, like knight's armor, right? With these big pauldrons, gauntlets, greaves. Uh, I think she has like a half tabard that is hanging down from her waist that depicts, you know, a very similar scene to the fresco on the temple behind her, right? This humanoid figure made of starlight lifting like a hammer. And she has, yeah, like this big silver spear. Uh, I think it's like in her right hand, butt resting against the ground, kind of like a boar hunting spear. Long red hair pulled back in like kind of a, a braid. These, these Lichtenberg figure lightning scars creeping up her face. 
I think, uh, is, are you like taking the moment to like look at what her? I think so. Like, I don't know if there's like on the on screen in cockpit, you know, monitor, like, uh, you get like the, you know, sensor, like dialing in on the lens flare glinting off the armor. Enhance, right? Um, you enhance like a little closer. I think you can see sparkling almost, uh, running along these Lichtenberg figure scars on her face is this kind of, um, iridescent, right? This is kind of like iridescent. It almost looks like circuitry or etching or something running along the length of these scars as well, which calls to mind, I think immediately like the, the few pieces of oracalcum we've seen so far. Um, and I think she's, yeah, she's standing on this, this platform and she's looking up at the red shift and, you know, stoic passive face. Uh, but I think you can see that her lips have just like slightly curved in a grin. And then, you know, another like round of these like blaster bolts from one of the turrets. You know, I think a few of them hit the red shift, but like it, this is not damage I'm doing to you. This is just like, right. Like you Color. feel like the thud yeah. and vibration um, mm-hmm. as this kind of like this thing that is a, an anti-infantry weapon is being turned against the. And she's, she's standing like in front of the pillar that is this, you know, height that sweeps up to where the projection is emanating from. Yeah. Well, she's standing on like the steps in front of the temple. Yeah. Um, so the, the temple itself is behind her. You know, the cleric has just been rushed in through the temple doors by like a handful of security guards. Um, has it been long enough now for my revolvers to reload like the cannon? Um, yeah, you've got your you've got your guns. Yeah, yeah for sure. I think it's like, you know, um, Redshift like raises one arm up. Uh, you can like visibly see the like revolver chamber around like the big barrel like switches over. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's just going to like level one of the revolvers at this spear person in front of the um temple there and um yeah i'm gonna like cock the hammer and pull back while she's sort of like staring at me you're gonna pull back uh, as in like i'm i'm gonna ready to like lose a shot okay she's standing there yeah seems like i i don't know what's about to happen but i'm uh like 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 mean dogging you just staring up at the red shift sure. right? maybe it's like a maybe this is like sort of just an, an intimidation move or something like a, maybe there's even a hesitation before i you know pull the trigger or something but barrel down on this um person and maybe like as it's leveled uh like open up the comms let's see so i'm sure the sensors picked up like this explosion on the hill from the other Cessor unit shooting at the semaphore. And I think would, you know, kind of open it up and roads cuts across the line. Say, uh, and you, which you're going to, you're going to let this beat pass here. I mean, like, I think I'm kind of waiting to see what's happened, but, uh, like just for a split second before I probably pull the trigger, I think Rhodes is just like looking to do damage on any of these concordat. And I think like can spot the, you know, pomp and splendor here pretty openly. Uh, this would be like a good, you know, ceremonial win as I pull the trigger. It's a big gun. It fires a big round. True. As the, the mech's arm starts to, uh, you know, as, like, as the, the finger, like the trigger finger on the mech starts to pull back, right? She moves. She's moving faster than a person should, than a person can, right? Uh, she goes from standing, holding the spear to throwing it at like at a speed that I think like Rhodes is barely able to register even on like the monitors. Hmm. And I think as the, the shell leaves the barrel, the spear is flying through the air to meet it. Hmm. And so I think, you know, 
we get like you know exactly like anime tight close-up right on like shell leaving <laughs> yes. barrel right. as spear is coming to meet it and the, the shell has barely exited the barrel when this silver spear strikes it and then again i'm like we're in the anime of risky standard right now this is like a moment where like the frame pauses and it's just the dust whirling around in the air around these two objects uh, and then there's an explosion. The shell explodes, but at the same time the shell explodes, there is like a burst of like l- electricity, just like like bolts of lightning fl- fly out from this point of contact. I think in the moment, like a- as this like, kind of the aftermath of this clears, right? There's no harm here. There's no damage done to the to the redshift. She is no longer there. She is no longer standing on the steps, but instead crawling over the side of the temple, like climb, like kind of like skittering over the roof and pulling itself up over, you see a new armor make its way onto the scene. This is still vaguely humanoid, but you know, where the Caesuras were like just like human shapes, right? This has like a roughly humanoid form, uh, but its its legs are reversed. They're like uh, digitigrade, right? You know, kind of like chicken legs. And it's got this like kind of grossly narrow torso. And it has these these long segmented arms. You know, I think it has the same kind of white ceramic armor over black cabled musculature, but I think the arms are like no none of the ceramic armor, all this cabled musculature, and they're like twice as long as they should be. Um, and each of them is ends in this kind of like curved golden claw. Uh, and so this 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 armor is pulling itself up over the top of the tower, coming between two of the spires. And it has, you know, same way that like these arms are this kind of long, flexible limbs. Its neck is like a little too oh. long, also, right? Horrible. And it comes forward, you know, t- twice as long as the neck should be, and it ends in this kind of like flat golden circle with a depiction of a realistic human face in gold. Oh, weird. Like, kind of like just like an, an Im- impassive like icon of a human face. And on its back, it has this this big kind of like backpack almost. It's this big filigreed object that it's carrying on its back, which uh, I think we would recognize seeing it uh, as like, you know, uh, we're almost veering into steampunk here, right? But this is like a Tesla coil, like overlaid with this like filigreed cage around it. Okay. And it's crawling over the roof of the temple? It's crawling over the roof of the temple. And I think you can catch sight now of where that woman's gone because she has also started to climb the side of the temple. But it's not like a climb, like the way that a regular person would climb up the side of a temple. I think she is like leaping from like parapet to like overhang to parapet, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 or 30 feet each leap. On the way. On the way. And I think she leaps in the air and the, you know, the curved golden claws of this armor, like kind of like lazily swipe through the air and catch her in her final leap. Uh, and bring her in one smooth motion towards the chest of this machine, which opens up and accepts her. Damn. Yeah. Can I, like, uh, as she's, like, leaping parapet to parapet, can I try and, like, move? My my plan here is to try and, like, move quickly to maybe, like, juke left, and then I want to, like, jump and try and, like, shoulder check the um, this, like, long-armed m- machine from the roof, like, as she's en route. Yeah, I think that's an option. So let's talk about it. That is definitely, I could see uh, maneuver or battle, I guess. 
I'm thinking this is like maneuver. My plan here is to like, you know, uh, what are they on like space shuttles where they're just like side retro rockets, you know, it's just like, like a quick jump to the left and then um, using like a jump jet or something to just like push off the ground and like throw my shoulder into this thing to try and topple it off the back while it's sort of hanging off of the roof. Um, sure. I think that that is to start with, I'm going to call that risky. And I think that this is uh, limited effect. Okay. Um, you are dealing with someone who is uh, a higher tier than you are currently. You know, this is no, this is no longer like dealing with like a, um, and I think Rhodes would, has seen this before, right? You fought, you have fought the Concordat. Um, you know that they are capable of fielding soldiers uh, with fundamental abilities uh, and with fundamental relics and machines that are capable of doing things that like, you know, a, a regular person cannot. Yeah. I mean, I think I could probably tell looking at it that this thing is uh, bad news, trying to keep her from boarding it. But let me roll the dice on maneuver and we'll see. So that's I have 2d6. 2d6, risky. And like I said, limited effect to start with. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think what that limited looks like here is that like, I think you're probably with a limited success. I think you can delay her from like being ready to like rumble in this machine. I don't know that you're going to be able to like fully stop her from reuniting. That's fine. I'm like stalling for time. Um, So I'll roll 2d6. In the process of this, I'm like trying to get on the roof. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's a three. <laughs> that is a three and a one, uh, which is is rough, but maybe narratively appropriate for our, our first time meeting a Concordat Thaumaturge. So you're using like these like kind of like these boosters to kind of like juke to the right and then shoot forward, right? Yeah, right. Like kind of um, cutting over and then uh, like leaping up to the roof to try and throw a shoulder in. Um. So I think it's when you are in that leap forward that it happens. You know, there's like a, a sudden charge to the air. And I don't think you noticed it until this this is like moment that you were in motion. But clouds have gathered overhead. The sky has darkened above the town of Farron's Bluff. As you you come through the air from this, you know, this 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 coil uh, on the this filigreed coil on this armor's back. A, a, a bolt of lightning forms between the redshift and that coil and discharges right on like the, the exterior of the redshift's armor. And so I'm going to uh, give you the level one damage uh, of fried circuits, which you, you could resist if you like. And I think it's going to like affect the effectiveness of like your sensors and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, level one damage fried circuits. And then I'm also going to introduce an eight segment clock. Uh, do you want to resist this damage before I, I didn't explain this at the clock? To uh, resist that, either have to declare gear or exert a quirk, right? Yeah, you would have to uh, yeah expend quirks. I think it would be two quirks, but I have to double check the math. Or you would need to yeah you would have to you could expend ar- you could declare armor on on the the yeah. redshift. Yeah. Um, and so I think this. Yeah, I think the other thing this blow does, right, is it like sends it knocks the redshift back into the ta- into the temple square, like away from the rooftop. Um, I think I'm going to take the damage. Um, so yeah, you take the damage. Uh, yeah, like I said, this bolt hits the redshift and like knocks it back to the ground, right? Um, fried circuits. And 
as this woman is deposited into the mech, you know, her voice echoes out from it in response to the to you and the redshift. And she says, I am the evocator Eredes Tremolo, wielder of the builder's spark. And I know you apostate. I recognize that machine. The Hierophant will smile on me when I return this relic to our vaults. And so this eight-segment clock is the Evocator, Eredes Tremolo, wielder of the Builder's Spark, and Thaumaturge of the Concordat. Oof. Quite an entrance. Um, okay. Um, I think, like, probably taking a beat here to, uh, like, uh, you know, I think even the, the machine is, like, stunned for a second, right? Like, the camera cuts, redshift prone uh, on its back on the ground. I think like you can see, you know, electricity kind of like crackling across the chassis or something as it dissipates and, uh, you know, cut to cockpit, like the monitors flicker back on as her voice comes across. I think Rhodes would open the comms with the drovers um, who are still driving this herd and mm, send a message out to Cygnus to be like uh, driver. Uh, we need to move the herd. I'm going to hold this off as long as I can. I might be out of my depths here. Get the herd to safety. Uh, you know, like crackling back, you know, like, uh, Roger that. We're on our way out. You know, watch our exit. Don't be a hero. There'll be other fights. Easier said than done. Um, and I think, you know, uh, as a nice reminder there, I am going to tick the stampede clock once more. I think, you know, time has passed. Okay. Um, you know, they, you know, it's kind of, it's not dying down fully, but like definitely, uh, especially with the arrival of this other armor, I think some of the chaos is kind of starting to, to dissipate in the, the town square. Um, I think like as that happens, uh, as the redshift's kind of like writing itself up, I think Rhodes speak to the evocator. Call yourself what you like, but that machine's an abomination and we're not going back on any shelves. As he, I think, pulls out from the back of the uh, redshift, I think reaches behind the shoulder and I think draws out uh, like a long, I think it's actually kind of short to begin with, but it, it sort of starts extending a melee weapon here. Uh, I'm going to pull out uh, what I think looks like a spear uh, at first. And I think it's, it's sort of like telescopes out from the central kind of handhold. The end of it crackles right to, to life here, I think like, and I'm imagining uh, like there's probably on the end of the spear sort of a piece that looks like, you know, the heft of a halberd, but instead of it being like a blade attached, I think like it sort of like, like crackles like an arc flame, right? As a, like sort of blue and black energy sort of crackles. Um, I'm thinking specifically of like Kirby crackle here. Hell yeah. And I'm going to mark a melee weapon. And I'm also going to use my special move here, which is uh, advanced prototype. So when declaring vehicular gear, you can state that it's experimental. That gear has load reduced by one. Uh, when you push your vehicle using that gear, you can take increased effect and 1D forward. Uh, this is a particle lance that I think is part of the Redshift's like armament, as I think like Rhodes kind of draws it out, right? Like taking it in two hands. And I think sort of just challenges this evocator to say, on guard then. Is this, uh, are you moving in for the... Yeah, um, I think, like, drawn here. Where is she right now? She's still on the rooftop. You, uh, I think, like, were blown back by that initial, like, lightning strike oh, from yeah. the, the, the filigreed coil. And, yeah, she, like, yeah, 
in this mech, you know, uh, I think she's kind of like crawled forward. So she's kind of like on the forward portion of the roof. I imagine there's kind of like a, like a, a landing or something here that she's standing on. And like I said, this mech has these like, um, you know, these kind of like chicken walker legs. I think it's kind of crouched down, right? You know, it's like, it would be like 30 feet tall if it ever stood at its full length. But I think it's closer to 20 with like the kind of posture it takes. Mm-hmm. And I think these like kind of long arms are kind of like hanging in front of it. These like curved golden claws at the end. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you know what? Obviously, right? Like one hand like reaches forward, extends, and with one of these curved claws kind of gestures for you to approach. Um, yeah, I'm like going to uh, just charge, right? Like the same kind of like um, flared like boosters off the rear back here to just like take another charge at this um, kind of like uh, jump thrust to just drive the spear forward. This feels like battle to me now. Yeah, I think so. Well, first I'll tell you, this is, at the start, I think this is risky, limited. But if you push yourself, you would get both an increased effect and an increased dice. Yeah, I'm going to push. And I think I'm going to use the quirk of the volatile reactor on the Mm. redshift. Rhodes still doesn't really know a lot about the redshift in general. uh, But I think, like, the redshift being kind of, like, bipedal, roughly humanoid, I think, like, very, like, mecha animate, you know, like, uh, I think is, like, fairly sleek, um, maybe, like, a little longer in the legs, um, and has this, like, ceramic plating. But I think underneath it, um, usually it's pretty, like, you know, gray, kind of typical machinery. But I think there's, like, a like faint glow that starts like emanating from beneath the chest plate as this like volatile reactor uh, starts to kind of spin up here. And I'm thinking of uh, that, what like that color that radiation gives off that like light blue color. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what it's called. That's uh Cherenkov radiation. Like it's this like kind of blue white glow that starts kind of like spreading from this like chest. Uh, and I think at this point it's sort of just contained beneath the like, breastplate of the petrichor i'm sorry of the redshift as it um like kind of lurches to this attack position here um so i think that brings you up to risky standard uh and that'd be 3d6 mm-hmm. okay Ooh, that's a six nice oh snap oh yeah so i think as you start charging you know i think uh you know i think over the comms again she comes on you know and this mech starts to stand up to a little bit more of its full height. And she says something, you know, she says, um, Oh, cause she hasn't said what her mech is, right? Behold the comprehension of grace. And as I think, you know, she leaps forward off of this roof, right? One clawed arm, like drawn back. And I think you can see this like electricity arcing off of that coil and running up the length of the arm and then dancing between these golden claws and clearly the intention is to kind of meet you in the midair and strike you down. Tight. And so I think we get, you know, the shot of these two mechs moving, you know, like the, yeah, the red shift coming up through the air, the, this flare, these boosters behind it. And then this, uh, the comprehension of grace arcing downwards through the air, like one claw coming down. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is like the, you know, the roof of the Sistine Chapel mixed with like, you know, I'm imagining like that, that's that sequence in anime, you know, where it's like, background is just like color and line yeah absolutely yeah totally yeah and then you know like the sharp line that separates the screen right um and then i think we get you know the redshift landing on the roof where the the comprehension of grace was standing and the the comprehension of grace hitting the like you know the cobblestone ground of the temple square um but i think you can see there's now 
uh, <laughs> you know, more sparking as this huge gash uh, uh, has like opened up along the side of the armor of the Comprehension of Grace, and there's just like electricity shooting out, um, sparking there. And I think we see like the like ruined like um, melt like melted edges almost where like the the uh, the particle lance has pierced through this like ceramic plating. And I think you know some of that, like uh, that that effect, that like Kirby crackle is still like popping off the side of where this thing has been injured, right? Like this, like it's, it's still affecting the reality there. And I will take uh, two segments on the uh, the clock for Arides Tremolo, uh, wielder of the Builder's Spark, nice, um, as the the Redshift makes a, a strong opening move in this struggle against this uh, this powerful foe. Damn, you got you already got ticks in your clock. <laughs> Aw. Downrange, Truant, where are you? Uh I'm in. I'm uh I'm not doing so hot. Ooh, I'm not doing so hot. I don't know. <laughs> Transmission's try- breaking up. I'm trying I'm trying to try- I'm trying to find cover I can. This whatever they're shooting at me, I've not seen before. Can't really talk. Right now I gotta find some cover and hopefully I can uh pop off some shots before they See where I'm at next. Uh, if you can get eyes on me, or or you're in a hot situation, come into the city. We're stronger together. Mm-hmm.